This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. He's finally gone. We'll talk about Sam Darnold. We'll talk Yankees, Mets, Knicks, Nets, and the NCAA. Plus, we got brackets to go. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Also via Twitter at Hardest to ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM. Along with Brian Mungia and Mike Mike, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ninety eight seven ESPN. Hey, Gordon. Larry, how you feeling? I'm feeling, Gordon. I'm feeling okay. <laughs> really? I'm feeling. I'm feeling okay. Why? I'm feeling. I'm. I'm feeling. Are uh, you numb? No. I'm. <laughs> listen. How did you feel yesterday after three one? I felt terrible. I didn't. I don't feel terrible yet because it's not over. Right. But but for me, what did I tell you about the bullpen? So I'm not surprised. What did we say last <laughs> week when the Yankees when you know certain things popped up? Like you know that there's issues with yep. every team. That's you just right. don't want them to be issues right away. Yes. And for the for it to be a brand new year, a brand new owner, Jacob Degrom is dominating mm-hmm. his. Mm-hmm. And for it to be another no decision, clearly. Yes. And whether or not it's another loss. We'll see. After waiting all this time for your 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 opener. Yes. Rough. Brutal. But once again, it's only game one for me. It's only game one. So 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 honestly, Gordon, the Nick loss bothered me more than really? what's going okay. on here. All right. And the reason why it bothered me more is because they didn't have Harden. No. You, you Gordon, you're the, up you gotta win that game. The Knicks did not lose to the Nets. They lost no. to Kyrie Irving, Jeff Green, and, you know, uh, the, the Nets bench, basically. Yes. You know, Joe Harris and the Nets bench. And that's, right. that's not a game that you can lose. This, no. You know, there's certain games where the Knicks, they just don't have the talent to compete against certain teams that they're just clearly better. You know, those other teams are better than them. But to lose this game tonight, and, and look, they made it a little closer than what it looked like it was going to be because that third quarter was an absolute nightmare. But no, I agree with you. This, this is a very frustrating loss and a very frustrating stretch where you think, all right, at least Harden's out, right? You've lost, th- you know, the, you lost the three in a row. You beat the Pistons. Maybe you can get a win tonight. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, things don't seem so bad because right now it feels like the season's kind of slipping away. Now, look, they're going to be part of the play-in because just a simple math, mm-hmm. but this is not the way you want to go down. No. no, and the frustrating thing about it is Gordon once again in the fourth quarter – this team needs a point guard so badly. Oh my God, Larry! So the possessions—it was like, oh. it was like they had no flow. It was like, just give this, just give the ball to Randall, and he'll try to make do something. Or, or RJ Barrett. I mean, he got lucky on that one shot, but he's driving mm. in the basket, losing the ball. Oh, yikes! It they was just, um, just lost. They yeah. lost, and they put so much pressure on their defense. And listen, when you're a great player like her, and they did. Gordon, they didn't do a bad job on Kyrie Irving. I mean, to be honest, no, he's I know just, he scored he's 40. He's so supremely he's talented. so good. He's, yeah. he's, able, he's one of the best players in the league. He could dribble. He could go anywhere he wants. He passed the basketball on the string. He could hit the three. He could hit the two. He could get other people involved. They double-team him. What hurt them tonight was their inability to stop the bench, as you mentioned. Yeah. And, and Alice A. Johnson? Right. I mean, that's 12.7 points. Are you kidding right. me? You, you yeah. can't have him do that. And I, I got to be honest, I thought the defense was kind of lacking, especially in the fourth quarter. A lot of it those was. guys, I mean, a lot of those guys were getting right to the rack. Yeah. You know, they were getting some good shots. Joe Harris had a good shot uh, late in the game where, you know, he, he just missed it or whatnot. But, uh, you know, they, their defense has been lacking here for a little while, and, and they don't have the ability to boost the offense, right? No. Like, unless somebody just has a crazy hot night, there's not a lot of options offensively on this team. No. There isn't. And, you know, I I just hope that they would be able to steal one, like I mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. especially no Harden and no Harden early. And you have the lead. You're, you, you've got a 13-point lead. Once again, they just can't hold leads because they can't come up with key baskets to stretch against teams that are pretty good. They were able to do it against Detroit. You saw that. That, that game wasn't even close. And that's what you should do to Detroit. This game, following that, that game almost doesn't mean anything now, Gordon, because you didn't get this one. Well, I mean, you got to win that. Right. Like, if they would have lost that one, oh, my. I, I don't <laughs> Yeah, I heard you Saturday. DEFCON 5, 6, 7, 8, <laughs> yeah. 9, 10. Yeah, it would have been, been all hands on deck. We would have had uh, therapy sessions going strong. So, uh, yes. 
But, uh, look, you got to get those wins. And let's be honest, I mean, a lot of the Knicks' success this year has been because they've gotten fat beating teams that they are supposed to beat. Yes. This was not necessarily one of those games going in, but when Harden's not there and you got a 13-point lead, I think they had a 14-point lead at one point in the game, but 13 in the third quarter, you got, I mean, you got to be able to find gotta a way to game. get those wins. And uh, win that game. Yeah. You just do. You just do. Gordon, we've been talking about it for months. It just seemed like it, for months. And when the trade went down today, I was like, finally. Yeah. <laughs> finally, we now know that Sam Darnold will not be the starting quarterback for the Jets this year. And Gordon, I got to tell you something. Sixth round pick in the first round. Uh, this year, yeah, a sixth round pick this sixth, year, sixth second round? and fourth next year. Sixth round pick? Well, Six. look, I'll be honest with you. I think the Jets did pretty well. Considering, they did very well. You know, considering what they what what was – there was no market for Sam Darnold. None. I mean, it was clear. The only two teams that might have had any interest in him at all was Carolina and maybe Denver. So to get a second round pick next year – I don't know. I think that's. Pr- I think Joe. I think Joe Douglas did a pretty good job to be able just to get that. I was. I was surprised that they were able to get a pair of picks. I. I was you know, six. is kind of low for me, but it mm-hmm. just shows you that everybody knew that they wanted to move him, and they couldn't. So the other side of this is, and I was perusing the Carolina media, is what do what what do they see? And, and the other thought process is they say we still doesn't mean we're not going to draft a quarterback. Yeah, well, <laughs> look, they have an owner who's been there for a few years now. I think this, this is going to be his fourth season as the owner, and he's a very you know aggressive guy. He wanted mm-hmm. the team to be aggressive this year to go after a, a quarterback, and it certainly seems like now that uh, you know we are where we are, that they were kind of hoping to be in the market for Deshaun Watson. Yes. But now that that was removed and all the other guys have found places, I think what this tells you is making a trade for Sam Darnold was a whole lot cheaper than trying to trade up to the fourth pick in the NFL draft in the Atlanta Falcons if there was a quarterback that they really liked there. Yeah, there's no question about that. And now now we begin. Who's it going to be? Is it Wilson? Is it Fields? Is oh, it it's Lance? Wilson. No, it's you Wilson. Know. No, it's, if, it's, so. if it's not Wilson, I mean, that will be the all-time shocker of all-time shockers. That would be, I think if they took someone other than Wilson, that would top when the Knicks passed on Ron Artest for Frederick Vice. Remember that one? That was a yes, classic. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> that, one, yeah. that was a classic. Everybody's sitting there waiting for Ron Artest. Ron Artest dropped to the Knicks. Selecting from France, Frederick Weiss. Oh, my Lord. And then what made it so bad was Vince Carter scared him so he wouldn't even come to (laughs) this country and play. Scared him straight. Kids on those scared straight movies, they didn't get scared straight quite like Frederick did. Because he jumped over his head and dunked on him, and he's like, oh, no, I don't want any part of this. No, I don't need any. I don't need this. None of that. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. All right, your thoughts on Sam Darnold going to Carolina? Your thoughts on the Knicks? Yankees with a big win tonight, Gordon. Uh, the, the power show, huh? Power, power, power in the Bronx. Well, th- I would like to personally thank Giancarlo Stanton because on a night where the remote control clicker was getting a real workout, when he hits the grand slam, which was a moon ball. Mm-hmm. That allowed you to say, you know what? I don't need the the Yankees are leading the Orioles six nothing. I can cross that one off the list, right? Like now, just I, I just have to worry about the the Mets. I can worry about the Knicks and Nets, and I can worry about the national title game. And unfortunately, last check, Gonzaga was making sure that we didn't have to check in on them in the second half either. Isn't it? So could it be that UCLA showed you how to beat Gonzaga? Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe that the emotion of that, right? Like. Now, that they've gotten it shot. back to, to a 10-point game at halftime. Yeah, so they're So I it. guess they're still within shouting distance. But, yeah. you know, just from the portion of the game that I saw, it seemed like Baylor kind of just had their way with, with Gonzaga. So I, I don't know. Maybe it was the emotion of that win, which was such a great win. Oh, what a To game. be able to pull it off like that. You wouldn't think the pressure of being undefeated would be getting to – I mean, they've done that all year long. But right. Baylor was the, the number two team in the country the whole year. Gonzaga was number one. 
And it's pretty clear that it's one and two and it's everybody else. That's right. It is. And we have our own brackets tonight, don't we, Gordon? Yes, we go back to the 2000s and beyond tonight. We have the regional semifinals tonight. So then we will have the regional semifinals there. So that will be down to the final two in that region. Then tomorrow, two region. we'll pick two parts of the, the bracket. We'll do 70s and 80s tomorrow, Ooh. 90s and 2000s on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be down to the final four on Thursday, and we'll throw all four. You'll vote for just the winner out of the four. It will not nice. be head-to-head. It'll be a, a battle royale, if you will. Nice. Oh, we're busy this week. Yeah, we got it. I think it's in the best interest of both sides, to be honest with you. I've always been a big believer in Sam Donald and his talents. It's unfortunate that the organization, over you know his three years being with the Jets organization, that they haven't done enough to surround him. But with the new coach, wants to bring in a new quarterback. And I think it just is what it is, man. But I think the haul that they got back for Sam Donald is pretty good, particularly the two and the four comes in 2022, when it's going to be a full college football season. And I think that's big. So kudos to Joe Douglas for getting that done. Um, we're going to Obviously, it's going to be the Zach Wilson era in New York, and we're going to see how this whole thing plays out. Jamie Woody on the Michael K Show with his reaction to Sam Darnold heading to Charlotte. It's hard to stay in Damer here on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, I'm going to read something to you. Get this me. is from the uh, general manager of the Carolina Panthers, Scott Fitterer. He said, quote, Sam is a guy going back to when he was coming out at USC, a guy that I really liked. Liked his toughness, his ability to move in the pocket. He can make big plays down the field with his arm. All those things really stood out about him. I just think in this offense with Joe Brady and Matt Rule, the weapons we have around him, that he can take that next step with us. And so just kind of looking overall where we were at the draft position we're in, I was really excited to add someone of Sam's caliber to our team. Yeah, okay. Well, look, they they were looking to upgrade a quarterback. I guess they can say that they have. Have they, though? Have they Bridge, really upgraded? Bridgewater had a better year than Donald last year. Yeah, that's Bridgewater not even was quite, not bad. Well, look, Bridgewater is a safe, stable, game manager kind of guy. Now, he has some injury concerns because of the knee in the past, but he, he's a stable guy. So I could see Sam maybe having a higher ceiling than him, mm-hmm. but he certainly has a way lower floor. So the idea – I will say this. For getting a second chance, and you'd have to think in terms of like what we think Sam can be, a real last chance for him, this is not the worst spot to go to, right? He's got some weapons. We're not going to have to be able to say this time next year, well, you know what, Sam just never had a chance. He didn't have a good team. He didn't have any talent. This team has some talent, so it certainly is set up for him to walk in there and be the starting quarterback and succeed, so we will see. And he's got somebody he knows in Robbie Anderson, who right. he had some success with here. Right. He's got him. He's got, uh, he's got the running back who's all world. So he's got mm-hmm. a decent offensive line. He's got a coach who interviewed with the Jets back in the day. So there's some connection there. So, look, in terms of where he could go, uh, maybe it's not the best place in the world, but I think that it's a pretty good chance for him to at least prove himself. Yeah. And, and listen – he better prove himself this year. Right. This is it. I, 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 yeah. Because, I mean, you know, this is, <laughs> this is really your last opportunity to show that you can stay in this league. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and he's got to be able to stay healthy. He's got to be able to uh, – now, what was Carolina this past year? Six and ten? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So, I mean, look, he's got some, he's got some available talent there. I think, I, I, you know, I think most people kind of like the coach there. So, we will see. All right, Conforto with a hit, Gordon. It's now 5-3. The only team, the Phillies might have a worse bullpen than the Mets. That, that is the one thing that they have going for them, right? <laughs> they do. They are struggling. On the Michael K Show, Michael K weighed in on Darnold saying bye-bye. All those people that have been saying Sam Darnold is not the problem, obviously Robert Sala and Joe Douglas think that he was part of the problem. He wasn't given a great situation. Two different coaches, three different offensive coordinators didn't have great talent around him but it looks like these two people that are evaluating what's good for the Jets feel that some of the blame, and a lot of the blame has to go to Sam. So now Sam Darnold will start this camp as the presumptive favorite. The Jets finally gave up on Sam Darnold. And Gordon Really, what choice did they have? The combination of his yeah. inability to be healthy, the, his inability to do the things that he could control. He can't control who he's throwing to, but there's certain decisions that he didn't make. 
They made the wrong decisions too often, repeated his mistakes. And the fact that if he doesn't, you know, he this is year number four, and you weren't sure if he, if he was great this year, is he going to be your franchise quarterback going forward? All those things added up to we're going to move on and start fresh. And, and Gordon, from a logical standpoint, this is the best way to go, right? You've got it's a the, new it's head the coach, best thing. It's the best new thing. New quarterback, right? and it's, it's the best thing for the team. Yep. It's the best thing for the core. And look, we can haggle about how much blame Sam, you know, belonged with him, belonged with the team. What we can say, what everybody can say and agree on, is that he was not enough to show on a consistent basis that he was the answer. And he had yeah. three years here to show more than just a glimpse here, a glimpse there. He had more than enough opportunities to show some uh, some proof that the faith was warranted in him. But when you have the second pick in the draft, you got the fifth-year option. There's plenty of things that were outside of his control. Those are some of the things that are outside of his control. It was just the right move for everybody, and I think it's the best move for Sam. Mm-hmm. There is no way he stays here and succeeds. No, I agree. I agree. Even even with the new head coach, even new with the head new coach, offensive new talent, right. everything doesn't work. Doesn't work because the first mistake he's going to feel like, oh, here I am again. Well, I mean, Mark Sanchez brought it up, and it was the it was the, I think the best point about that, like trying to keep him here for another year or trade down or take something else at number two. What do you think is going to happen the first three and out? Mm-hmm. When there's fans back in the stands and you've passed on a quarterback or you've traded down, what do you think all those fans? And I tell you, I, I'm still stunned by the amount of Darnold defenders. I was mm-hmm. fighting with them on on Saturday. They were they were still out there. Telling, well, no, they're, they're the Jets are going to trade down. They're not. Don't worry about it. Sam's going to be. I'm like, well, guys, what what color is the sky where you live? <laughs> this was the most obvious blip. Once the Niners moved up to three, and the reports were they didn't even call the Jets. Why do you think they didn't call the Jets? Because they knew the Jets were staying at two, and they're taking a quarterback. That's right. They knew, and they were right. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Spike is in the Sunshine State. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Spike. Hey, boys. Great to talk to you. I got a bunch of subjects. I'll be real quick. Um, you know, the end of the Nick game, Larry, uh, Gordon, I'm sure you played basketball as a youngster. I know Larry and I both played in the park, and Larry played at a higher level uh, in C- you know, CCM1 and all that stuff. Here's what bothers me about Thibodeau in that last play especially the way they set up with Harden out. You use your last time out, you take it side out. You put your four best shooters in there. If the defender is off the ball, then you make sure a shooter takes out the ball because usually if the shooter takes out the ball, the guy's going to be off the ball, and you give it back to the shooter, and you can win the game. We've seen that a thousand times. You take out, you, you have quickly Burks, uh, uh, Bullock, uh, Randall and anyone else you want to put out there, and you run a pick and roll side out curl play. You got three options. You can throw it over the top and tie the game with a dunk, or maybe get an and one. You can get the ball back to the passer for the inbounds, fake it out. We know the whole deal. Randall got a decent shot with with the great arms of Jeff Green, who's got longer arms, almost like Tayshawn Prince, for God's sakes. <laughs> It's the wrong play. It's the well, he's not an offensive coach. They're supposed to win that game when Harden doesn't come back. I don't know. I'm not going to ask you. There's too much else going on. But between between Randall and and RJ Barrett, they must have ten turnovers in the game. They got sloppy. They get back into the game, and it was a game like you knew they were going to beat the crap out of Detroit because Thibodeau ran them through those drills. But this was a game. It's a bad loss. This is a bad loss. So on that, I'll make one statement. On the Sam Donald thing, I got one thing to say. I heard Buddha, who's great. He's got such great grip on the Jets, and he's a Jet fan. This general manager is getting a free pass, I think. Maybe he made some, um, uh, what do they call free agency moves. But uh, he gave Sam nothing to work with. Nothing. Those receivers were CD receivers. So... I don't know how good Sam is, but he looked a little scared, and it's the best thing for him, and I wish the Jets luck. We don't know how good this quarterback will be. And the last thing, Saturday night's game, mm-hmm. the college game. Mm-hmm. I see they cut it to 10 at halftime. is where you want to be when you're down 20-something. True. Saturday night's game had to be one of the greatest sporting events and my sport basketball I've ever seen. I'd love to hear you guys talk about it. And my last thing on this would be, if that was tonight's game, 
Saturday night's game was tonight's game. Oh. It would have gone down as one of the greatest championship wins of all time. I'd right. love to hear you guys talk. Thanks for getting me on. You're right, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. A couple things. Yes, you are right. Both of them combined for 10 turnovers, Randall and Barrett. Uh, I thought Randall should have continued to go to the basket. He had a step. I didn't think he needed to pull up, Gordon. I thought he had a step. At least if you go to the basket, you got a chance to get the the, the foul. Yeah. You know, so, but listen, hey, look, they, he's they lost up. that game. I mean, he, there was oh, that clip no of question. him. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, ca- he's, he's clearly not. nursing, so I don't know if it's the thigh, if it's what, something with his leg, but uh, yeah. that's not good. I mean, what are we saying, right? The one thing you can't afford is to that's lose it. him for any period of time. And, and they got him right now, and they're still losing games, so. No question. I mean, he had a nice game. 19 points, 15 rebounds, 12 assists. I thought he got a little, I, I don't know, maybe it was because he just doesn't have faith in the other options. I felt like down the stretch of the game, he was forcing things maybe a little bit too much, but mm-hmm. I, you know, it's kind of hard to, to judge him too harshly considering, right. you, know, we, 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 you know, you can't say all the time, well, there's not enough offense on the team and then blame the one guy for trying to do too much on offense. But I did it's feel true. like he kind of got a little bit back to last year forcing things at every turn. I saw Randall. Yes. Turn back into ISO mm-hmm. Randall yeah, for, a little a moment, bit. for a moment. Gordon, you were right on Twitter on, on Saturday when you said this was the best game of the day. That was an um, for that game to end like that was just phenomenal. I mean, you're thinking, hey, look, this is gonna be hey, this is gonna be interesting. We got to exercise. And it comes out and not only is it a shot, it banks in, Gordon. It yeah. banks in. I look, I think that the reason why people are saying it's the greatest game or the greatest shot is just because the rest of the tournament really hasn't been all that great and certainly the Gonzaga games have not been all that great. Now that was a great game on Saturday. I'm not taking anything mm-hmm. away. I just thought the jump to make it one of the greatest games of all time or the greatest shot of all time I thought that was a little bit much. But, yeah, I thought that that game on Saturday was better than all the other games in the tournament combined because it was – I mean, it was like uh, Hagler-Hearns, right? It was yeah, like yeah. blow after blow after blow mm-hmm. back and forth the, yeah. the entire time. So, yeah, that was a great game. And, and maybe – who knows? Look, we got another second half here, so uh, maybe uh, Gonzaga has another, another little miracle uh, to pull off. We were just happy to see Gonzaga get some play, some some runs, right? Some, yeah, some competition. Yeah, I mean, because it would. I mean, their games like when they were the when it was the, the 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 tournament was still deep enough to have four games going on at once. You'd look at the top scores, right, and you'd see Gonzaga's up by fifteen. Well, there's no point on putting that game on. I'll flip to the other three games exactly. and see what's going on. So that's right. It was good to see them get a little bit of run, and I don't know, they might be run out by the end of the night here. Zach Wilson is the real deal. I think Zach Wilson can be special, special in the National Football League. Now, none of that is a given because you still got to surround the guy. You got to make sure you put, you know, put the weapons around him and and, uh, and fortify the offensive line. And hopefully, Joe Douglas, with all these draft picks, will be able to do that. But as far as the the things that you see on tape, I mean, it's wow. Like he has a bunch of wow plays on tape. If he brings that here, boy, it could be exciting. All right, Gordon, I'm confused. Last time I listened to Damian Woody, well, he could be okay. I don't know. Everybody you got to cover your bases, Larry. I mean, come on. <laughs> what? Make up your mind on him already. I mean, well, what tape are you watching? You're watching 2020 and you're watching 2019 where everybody's like, well, you know, if it's 2019, I don't know if this is really going to be any good. I will say this. I think what the Sam Darnold Jets era shows you is that you have to pick more than just the quarterback. Mm. When the Jets picked Darnold, I think Jet fans, to a large degree, thought, well, the hard part's over. We got the guy. This is going to cover up all the other mistakes. And uh, that clearly was not the case. And, you know, just to go back to one thing that Spike said, you know, Darnold didn't have any receivers here. Well, up until this past year, he had Robbie Anderson. Mm. And Robbie Anderson went to Carolina – with uh, Teddy Bridgewater and put up over a thousand yards receiving. He had, uh, let me see, 95 catches, a thousand yards. Now he only had three touchdowns. He's not really a red zone target that way, but look, that's the best year he's had in his career. Yeah. And he had Sam for a couple of years. So he was an over the top guy here. He was a, you Mm -hmm. know, take the top off the defenses guy. And that's where he got his like, you know, long touchdown runs, catch and run. And that was his strength. So that's he had more touchdowns here, but he had more possessions and more yardage in Carolina with Bridgewater because 
listen, Bridgewater is a guy. Yes, he's he's like you said, he's a safe quarterback, but he's a smart quarterback. Rolls mm-hmm. out, buys time, hits the guys, doesn't turn the football over that often. You know, he's a guy that moves the chains. He knows what his job is. Yes, he's a absolutely. game manager, and that's what he does. And you know what? It's funny because for Jet, there, there's so many Jet fans who will tell you, and, and I think you and I are kind of both in the same. You know, they, the Jets had to move on, right? Like, yeah, they it, did. it just they had did. to. Yeah. But there's still a portion of Jet fans who will not blame Sam for the problems, and they'll tell you, well, you can't judge him based on the talent that he had here. But yet they're confident. They feel like they have evidence somehow that he belonged to stay here, right? Like, I, I, I understand the point of he didn't have the best weapons. He didn't have – he had a terrible coach. All those things are true. But what would be the evidence – that he is the guy outside of the fact that he was the third pick in the draft. I just think people fell in love with him, Gordon. Two things. They fell in love with him in his rookie season because everybody said, oh, he's got a defensive head coach. What will he do? Look what he did with a defensive head coach. He'll be better with an offensive head coach. That's A. And B, I think they were enamored with the 7-9 and nine season of, of, of you know, 20, 2019, mm-hmm. where in the second half they played well. He played decent. He and... Robbie Anderson made some big plays. They won some games. Uh, They were horrible in the first half because he didn't play with Mono. And then in the second half when he came back, he was better. So I think they took those two and said, okay, A plus B equals C. You give him his healthy, you give him some more people, he'll be able to play well. Well, you know, once again, if if this was going into his third year, maybe they would go with that opportunity, Gordon, because they could say, all right, we'll give him a year because we don't have to make that decision on whether we're going to give him a long-term contract or not. Well, that's not the case now. It's year four, and you hope to never be in this position where you're drafting number two again. you got to take yeah. the quarterback here. You have and, and, and this is not to excuse Sam, because you and I nope. are in agreement that he, he was part of the problem here, but you could do a 30 for 30 in all the ways that the Jets screwed this up. Yes, I mean, sir. you know, and, and not even – uh, Douglas, the, it was the previous regime that screwed it up. And it, it was, it, it was really Idzik, even Idzik as well. Yeah. I mean, to have, to have 12 draft picks in one draft and not one of the guys is on the team and only one of them is left in the NFL. I mean, it's my, I mean, the amount of material that you could have on just all the way, if you wanted to write a book about how to screw up what you hope was a franchise quarterback, the Jets could write a few chapters. No doubt about it. Doug's in Long Island. Hey, Doug, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Larry, how are you? I'm doing good, Doug. What's up? Good. First of all, Chuck D says hello. We just did something out here with uh, Roland Martin, so he told me, you tell Larry, I know you call up once in a while, Doug. You tell Larry I said hello. So just two quick things, and I'll let you guys go. That uh-huh. Gonzaga game is going to be a lot closer. But, guys, I don't think it's any fatigue. You just have three perimeter ballers on Baylor. Those guys yeah. can get to the rim. They can create their own shot. And Gonzaga has polished guys and, you know, just solid. And it's going to be a closer game. It's 10 points because, you know, you're not going to knock down those threes consistently like that. But right. I think Baylor will win. I picked them. And, uh, on the Jets, I, I we we can all do this, you know, and that's what we all do as fans and as people in journalism like you guys, is we can do conjecture. If Sam becomes a great player four years from now, everyone with the Jets base will say the Jets screwed up. If he falls flat, they'll say they made the right choice and they screwed up earlier. And as for the Knicks situation, I'm just happy that they're competitive. It's, it's mm-hmm. a process with that whole thing. I You know, Larry and, uh, you know, uh, the other gentleman who's going I love. Um, <laughs> yeah, Gordon, I'm sorry. You know, That's okay. I mean, I watched my brother make mistakes, and I also watched him do good things in the limited time when he had control. Because, you know, still had control of that thing like people don't get control of that thing. Mm. And to some of the fans that I talk to on social media and just have fun with, and they say, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's good. I said, listen, that groundwork for that thing was late. There were opportunities for him last year to trade people and trade picks and keep his job. And I can tell you one thing, Jim needs to always be thankful for, that he had a guy 
that did his job and said, I'm going to lay on the sword for this thing. I'm not going to blow this franchise up. When was the last time we had cap space and five picks? And I'll be quiet there. And everyone on here is listening who told him that he's a fool for signing Julius Randle. And you guys are grabbing his jock strap like you're in aisle six of Odell's. Remember what you said a year ago. When he said you have to be patient with that guy, he has to remember he's a superstar again and remember how to play basketball and how to keep that thing up. And it takes a minute for you to become a superstar when you've been a talented kid, bigger, stronger, faster from the time you were 12 years old, and then you get to the league where you have to become a player. And it takes a moment for you to understand. And I love Tibbs, and I love uh, all those guys. And, you know, Billy Donovan and I were joking about it once. He said, Doug, anybody that talks about your brother has to be a fool. It's his GM. All his players safe, too. And you and I and everyone in the wall knew he was going to hire either Kenny or Tibbs if he had stayed there. And so Billy just laughs about it. But anyway, lastly, and I'll go, Larry, you and I spoke about it. He loved R.J. Barrett. It needed be time. But I remember talking to him with my son, who's a new player at Montford this year, um, talking to him saying, Magic and I just watched Ja Moran play mm-hmm. that tournament game for Murray mm-hmm. State. And he said, if I'm here, because he, listen, he's been in that thing for 20 years, only in basketball for six or seven, but an executive. And obviously an executive with the league prior to that. But mm-hmm. he said, if I'm here, and New York's fan base will kill me. But I'm telling you, if I get the number one pick, and if, if I go past that, I'll take R.J. Barrett. But he said, if I get the number one pick, I'm taking John Murray. He's a, he's a point guard and needs 15 wins for a franchise. Anyway, ours are anyway. And he said, the people will kill me for not taking Zion, but New York needs R.J. Murray. And so that was really an interesting thing. But anyway, I love the show, guys. You guys are insightful and you know, it's it's. I don't talk about other broadcasters or anything, but some people that do this don't really understand. I mean, I wasn't a, uh, you know, a, a NBA boy. I was a tenth round pick from Oscar as a twenty year old, but I could play. Mm-hmm. And you know the game. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. Always good hearing from you, my friend. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. I will say this, Gordon. And we were all over, and I was all over Julius Randall like everybody else was. Well, it is I mean, different. What, what were we supposed to say? I mean, I mean, he he was not good last year. Yeah, it now, is different when you are now the man on the team, and because he's never been the man anywhere he's been, and so when you come and you're the man, it does take, you know, it does take uh, a period of adjustment. But the bottom line was, and Doug and I went through this last year. There were too, he tried to do too much. Way too much. He tried Way to do too, too much. much. He, he took bad shots. He forced the ball. He dribbled. Yes, I know they didn't have point guards. Yes, I know what the talent they had. They don't had. have them now. I mean, they like, the, the team no. is, is basically the same as it was last year. The big change is the coach. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has, has played a part in, in Julius. <laughs> and I'm sure that he was probably disappointed with the way he played. Like, for us to criticize him last year – was not unfair. It was not like Mm -mm. we got on him after 10 or 20 or 30 games. The whole year, he was a very frustrating player to watch. And you see that people are fair. This year, those same people, a lot of them wanted him traded. Now, I don't think either of us wanted him traded, but a lot of them that wanted him out of town in the worst way are now his biggest fans because of the way he plays. I thought he would be traded at the deadline because he had an expiring contract this year. Going into the year. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, sure. I didn't know what they were going to do, that they right. were going to be like this. But I thought that's what they were going to do because, you know, there would be a team where he's not the number one guy where he could help them because he had never been the number one guy before. Right, sure. So if you put him – like right now, Gordon, if he was on a, a Clippers or a Lakers team, he'd be great. Oh, he'd be great. He'd be no, perfect. Yeah. He'd be, even last year, he would have been perfect because he would have been asked to do so much. All he would have had to do, listen, go out there and score points and give, give me a couple of rebounds. Great. He could do that. You know, so that's that's the big thing. The Jets bring in Sam Donald and started him immediately. Just threw him to the Wolves. Just get him out there. And then when things started going badly around him, they left him out there. And then they tanked a season with him on the roster. They gave him no chance to succeed. And with a terrible team with terrible defense and terrible weapons, what does that do? 
Mike Greenberg, you hear him on Greeny from 10 to noon, Monday through Friday here on 98.7 ESPN. And Gordon, he feels that it was professional malpractice what the Jets did to Sam Darnold. Well, look, I I completely disagree with some of the things that Greeny just said there. Uh, the, the throwing him to the Wolves, they took him with the third pick in the the second pick in the draft. All right, excuse me, the third pick in the draft. Third pick, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what did you, what, when did you expect him to start? I mean, he was going to start at some point in that first year. Everybody does. And the idea of tank, the Jets did not tank last year. They did not lose those games intentionally. If they, were, no. if they lost those games intentionally, if they were losing games intentionally last year, they wouldn't have Zach Wilson. They'd have Trevor Lawrence. That's right. No question. And they don't. <laughs> no, they will not be getting Trevor Lawrence. We know that much. Michelle's in South Carolina. Hey, Michelle, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, good evening, Gordon. Good evening. Um, I'm in North Carolina too. Um, okay. I I'm calling because I'm a I'm a Jets fan from I'm a Jets fan from back when Richard Todd was quarterback. Okay. And um, I'm glad that they finally traded Sam away. Um, I think they sabotaged him. He didn't help himself either. But I'm glad that he's gone. And since I'm down here in Carolina, I can't wait to watch him play. Um, I'm really glad for him, and I hope that um, that Wilson is the quarterback that us Jets fans have been waiting for for decades. And I have one, Nick, um, comment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to ask you, gentlemen, this. Let me ask you, when are they going to get a, a, a point guard? Mm-hmm. They passed on Halliburton, passed on St. Joseph Alexander, passed on Mitchell. When are they going to get a point guard? Uh, because if they don't get a point guard, uh, I don't know how they're going to how they're going to win. And Randall's going to keep doing too much. So, gentlemen, could y'all please tell me when they're going to get a point guard? Michelle, I wish I knew, but but <laughs> but I tell you this: thanks for the phone call. I tell you this: there better be one in the draft that they come up with this time, Gordon. In the off season, draft, free agency, somehow they have to get a point guard. To yeah, run this I mean, this is the the drop date dead. The, the drop dead date is this off season, right? They're not going to get one this season. Clearly, uh, this, the trade deadline is gone. But between the draft, between free agency, between trades, I would think that that has to be the number one thing on the shopping list. There's still a lot on the shopping list for the Knicks after this year, no matter how it turns out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that has to be number one. It's got to be. Mark's in Jersey. He's next on 98.7. Hey, Mark. What's going on, fellas? Mark? Yes, sir. You hear me? I hear yeah, you. Yeah, we got you. Oh, okay. I know uh, there's a party going on over there. I, agree I know there's a party I'm in your house. shaking about that. I, I know there's a party going me? on in your house. Yeah, I know. I know you're partying over there, burning your Sam Darnold jersey. Um. <laughs> 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 uh, Here's the thing. Okay. I'm walking around my job today, and, and I look at my phone, and it says, Jets trade three players, dot, dot, dot. And I'm supposed to press the, or the, the screen to make me see what the rest was. But I didn't get a chance to. So then I'm on my way back to Jersey, and um, I pressed it. And I was on the, I was on the M train. And I was crossing the Williamsburg Bridge. So in the middle of the bridge, I see that. And I'm on the train, and I'm like, yeah! <laughs> I guess people thought I was crazy. <laughs> Either that or you hit promo code Gordon. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That that was the highlight of the day. When I, I said, I'm so glad I pressed that button. <laughs> um, on, on Joe Douglas. I mean, I'm so glad I don't have to hear about, oh, well, you know, Sam doesn't have it. I don't, I don't have to hear none of that. I mean, I'm just ecstatic. And <laughs> Sam, he would be better if he would have been good if he didn't, like Michael Greenberg said, throw him through the wolves. Oh, please. Okay, well, now he's at the wolves. Now Carolina's going to get that this problem, and good for them. Um, lastly, though, Joe Douglas. Now, Larry, I hit you with a tweet. And, and I'm going to reiterate that point, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm 50 years in a Jets fan and, and a football fan especially. And I, don't, I know a lot about football. That's all I did. I even played. But I'm not, I, I'm not a GM and I'm not a coach. 
And Joe Douglas, for all the naysayers that think he should have did this now, did this then, got this guy then, got this dude, that dude, all the naysayers that talk about him, here's what I see. Joe Douglas came from a Super Bowl winning program, winning, not just in the Super Bowl, winning Super Bowl, and then built, or a better word is constructed, a Super Bowl winning team from him all the way down. And when you have a a GM that can do that, I'm just going to sit back and can't wait, in the words of Bart Scott, to see how this works out this year because I just – I'm all positive. Whatever they do, I'm trusting him. All right, Mark. Thanks for checking in, my friend, and and we'll see what happens. Now, the next thing is he's got to make good on these draft choices. They can start playing one shining moment after this one, Larry, because You're this right. thing is toast. This is over with. Oh, my God. Is this just a, an absolute annihilation? Somewhere uh, there's folks on that 76 Hoosier team that is celebrating. Yeah, yeah, they just popped the champagne. <laughs> they just did. They just did. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardest to ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY98 underscore 7FM. Gordon, you had some thoughts that you wanted to give on, um, you know, the situation with uh, the Jets moving forward. Uh, about, uh, w- w- about the quarterbacks? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I mean, it was pretty clear for a while now that this was the way things were going to go. And I just couldn't get over, you know, Saturday. I planned to, you know, sometimes you plan out a show and you think, okay, this is the direction things are going to go. And uh, we'll touch on this. And I couldn't get over the amount of pushback from Jet fans that I was getting that, you know, no, they could keep or this idea up until today. Well, you know, they could keep Sam and draft Wilson number two and then have a competition. What are you talking about? That's not the way. You talk about missteps that you can have. That would be just another misstep. Yeah. No, you they got, did the right thing by moving yeah, on and getting I mean, some draft It's one capital. thing if you have a veteran quarterback that's already there or you bring in a veteran quarterback to kind of teach the young kid the ropes. Could you imagine the ropes that Sam Darnold would be telling Zach Wilson? I mean, no. after his three years here in New York, those are the type of things you want to keep away from as much as possible. So exactly. I, I couldn't get over And the other thing that I know is going to be very trendy now for the, for the Darnold truthers mm-hmm. is that, well, now that he's away from Gase, he's going to be like uh, Ryan Tannehill was. Mm. Careful. Ryan Tannehill, I know that it, it might be laughed at. Ryan Tannehill was so much better than Sam Darnold has proven to be in his first three years. Ryan Tannehill, do you realize Ryan Tannehill threw for 4,000 yards in back-to-back seasons and in a two-year span had 51 touchdowns and 24 interceptions and while getting sacked 90 times? Wow. If, if Sam Darnold could have put up those kind of numbers and showed it somewhat consistently, he would probably still be the quarterback and the Jets would have traded down from two. They wouldn't have been at two. <laughs> right, they would. Right, yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, yeah, they wouldn't have been it. You're right. They you're absolutely been it too. Right. Yeah, right. You're absolutely right. They, they'd have been. Right. They'd have been a playoff team. Yeah, they wouldn't well, have been it certainly, too. Certainly, closer to 500. Right. Yeah, Even if definitely. he had to do it all by himself. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no question. I mean, no. look, this is not all about Sam. No, but no, it's no, partly no. about Sam. Yeah. Oh no, he's he, his hand he's, is he's his kinda, hand is part of it. Absolutely. It's part of it. It's part of it. There's no question. He, like I always say, Gordon, the things he could control, he didn't do it consistently. And so, listen, now. He's got, but now he's learned and he realizes whatever. And this is what's so interesting about athletes, right? Because it's adversity. Because when he came out of, when he came out of USC, he's thinking, I'm going to the Jets. I'm going to be the quarterback. I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to be Broadway, you know, Broadway Sam. All right. That's going to be me. I'm going to be a success in the National Football League. Okay. Now through that adversity, let's see what he's made of Gordon. Well, if he goes it. down to Carolina and he turns things around, you know what? You tip your hat to him. He made the adjustment. He did what he had to do. He got his hard work. He turned things around. He learned from his mistakes, and he's a better quarterback. That's what you do because this is it. This yeah, is it this for is him. it. This is it for him. And I don't think even if he, if he goes down there and he turns out to be uh, a top 10 quarterback, I don't know how much you can really regret it from a Jet fan point of view because it's clear that was not going to happen here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And going there, I think that I don't know what the new coaching staff with the Jets is going to be. We'll see. It seems like all the reviews are positive. But pairing 
uh, Darnold with Joe Brady in that offense with those weapons, with McCaffrey, with Robbie Anderson. They have the eighth pick in the draft. They could certainly add a big playmaker there. Uh, you know, that, that should be a, a, an offense that you will absolutely be able to judge Sam based on this upcoming year, right? The, yep. the, the excuse of, well, you know what? He has all these things going. In. That's out the window now. It's, it's time to produce. That's it. And we'll see what he can do. Right now, speaking of producing, let's see who produced into advancing as we molder to the greatest TV theme song of all time. It is the TV theme throwdown, Larry, and we're moving right along. Apparently not quick enough. Uh, this is not over quite like the uh, national title game is because, wow, what a, you know, in a sport where everybody has a run, you know what, in the second half here, Gonzaga has hit some shots, haven't stopped anybody. No. Baylor's just been just rolling through them. It's unbelievable. But let's get it to is. the 2000s and beyond, of course, the fourth bracket in our uh, TV theme throwdown. And we have two matchups for tonight. They will be going up shortly. The first one, of course, you remember the number two seed. That's the highest remaining seed in the 2000s and beyond because Hawaii 5-0 got knocked out, which is oh. just still an absolute outrage. But the number two seed in the 2000s and beyond region is... That's what Gonzaga is facing right now, Larry. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible. Right. Of course, the number two seed, and they will be going up against a very live number three seed. The three seed is in the 2000 and beyond, of course, is the Sopranos. Who can forget? Although, Ooh. you know what? You would think that this has the big advantage because it's the recent show. Right. It's been off the air for 20 years now, so it's not amazing? all that recent. I know. That's a long time, so it we'll is. see how it does. That's the uh, first matchup in the 2000s and beyond in the TV theme throwdown. The second matchup is between the number four, which is very strong theme song. It's just unfortunate it didn't go to a, a better show. Game of Thrones, of course. Who can forget? As much as we'd kind of like to forget that final season. That is the number four seed, and then the number eight seed, which is the upset uh, special so far. The eight seed in the 2000s and beyond is, of course, The Office. Oh, knocking. I mean, the fact that, they, I mean, still, how can people not be embarrassed for themselves, Larry? How do they sleep at night? I don't know. Terrible, terrible job, but uh, there you go. Those are the two matchups for tonight. Voting will be up shortly, of course, on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. And uh, all the other parts of the show will be retweeting them. And uh, you can vote. And you can vote early, vote often, because it's up to you at this point. That's right. We'll see what happens as uh, Mission Impossible struggles <laughs> to hold yeah. on. Well, we'll see. I mean, Without their friend, their colleague, Hawaii Five O. Yes. Well, I will say this. I, I'm confident that no matter what happens tonight, it'll be a whole lot closer than the national title game. Oh, no. There's no question about that. No question about that. It will be much closer than I this mean, one. Think about Gonzaga. You know, this was the year they've been in the tournament 20 something years in a row. Mm -hmm. This was their chance. And, and I mean, a barring, I mean, the deficit no, no, has no, not no. changed. I mean, it's been no. 13 to 18. All the thing that the only thing that's changed is the, the, the time left. Yeah. And it's just, there's nothing they can do. Nothing. No, powerless. And it, it, this is just brutal. It is. Brutal. It definitely is. It definitely is. Set back to the phones. Robbie's in Massachusetts. Hey, Robbie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Gordon. Hey, Larry. How are you? Larry, I'm watching the Baylor-Gonzaga game, and yeah, who knows what's going to happen. I feel bad if those kids don't win, though, because uh, I really like Mark Few, and this was the year for these kids. But we'll give Baylor a lot of credit. Anyway, about the Knicks, that was one of the most frustrating basketball games. Larry, I'm so sick of the three-pointer. It makes me sick to my stomach because tonight was the perfect time to use it at the end of that game. You know, Berkshire hits a shot. He hits the three. They tie the game. I thought it was a good block, and they called the foul. So now they have 3.7 seconds left. You know, I'm tired of the one-on-one -on -one BS. You know, do people realize there's actually four more players on the court in basketball? Larry, what has happened to the intelligence of the game? Why don't guys pass the damn basketball? Why do we have to have this stagnation in the NBA that says, okay, just chuck a three with a 13-point lead in the third quarter? And I know he's had a great year. Why is Julius Randle shooting a three up 13? This is where the three-pointer makes absolutely no sense.
I mean, why can't guys drive the ball to the basket? Why can't guys post up? And why can't guys cut to the basket? Nobody moves without the ball. And it's, I don't they, get it. What do they do, Robbie? Mean, Robbie, <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Thanks yeah. for the phone call. I got it. They do. Golden State did it and won championships year after year after year. It's the talent you have. And coaches sometimes have to coach to the talent they have on the floor, Gordon. And the bottom line is there's not a whole lot of offense on this Nick team. And when they're not hitting, it's up to Julius Randle, who is the, quote, man, unquote, of the, of the squad. He's got to put, it, put the ball down. He's got to try to put some points on the board. Now, you look at the shot selection. I hear what you're saying, but here's his thinking. We're trying to put as many points and build this lead, Gordon, because we know Kyrie Irving can play, and they're going to make a run. And we have to try to get as many points we could hold on to see if we can survive that run that's coming. Yeah, uh, and uh, obviously they and obviously they and did it didn't not. work. No, no, it's it a fr- no. Look, I get the frustration, and there was I do feel like there was a little. I, I kind of agree with Robbie tonight. There was a lot more standing around and watching Randall, and he was forcing yep. stuff. And I, I just feel like it was just the fact that uh, they, they didn't have any flow on offense, and and maybe that is just kind of going through it right now. But to to lose this game. And you'll look back on it. Well, you know, you lost the Nets. You got swept by the Nets. It's the Nets. This was not the Nets. This was nope. Kyrie Irving. This was Jeff Green and, um, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge a little bit here and there and a whole bunch mm-hmm. of guys who played really, really – I'm not taking anything away from the Nets. They played really, really well. And they, they took it to the Knicks in that second half. They did. They made the adjustments, and, and they got, you know, more aggressive. And the other thing that you're noticing, and I think they made it – they made some comments on the broadcast as well about Emmanuel quickly. Once again, he's not scoring of the past no, couple of games, Gordon. He has not and, been the same guy. And that's hurt them. They they need that other score. All right, so Derrick Rose did his thing. He had 16 points in 25 minutes. Burks is struggling now. He had some big games earlier. Had six points in 20 minutes tonight. And I think him running the offense has taken away from his offense. You know, with him being this guard now, a point forward that he's been, that's taken away from his offense. And, and quickly – is now having to play defense, and people are forcing him to play defense, and that's taking his offense away too. So, uh, you know, not making excuses. This is what they have. They don't have a big margin for error offensively. They just don't. Well, just know that, like, down the stretch of the game, who hit some of the, the biggest baskets? Alfred Payton. Yeah. You know, driving in the lane and him getting shot. I mean, the, the, the fact that that's what the Knicks are relying on to kind of stay in the game tonight uh, – that shows you they just didn't have a whole lot of offense. And even uh, R.J., I thought R.J. was better tonight, but even mm-hmm. he had some some big turnovers at points. So he it's did. just very frustrating. We, we kind of come up with the blueprint for when the Knicks have been successful. It's been Randall carrying the, the bulk of the load. It's been R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly. You, it, it's not like they can have off games because if they have off games, somebody's got to step up in a major way to kind of fill that void and for quickly to have, a, what was it, five points, six yeah. points? I don't even know what he finished with. He had three points in 13 points. minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's just, uh, they can't survive. He's not going to get it done. No, no, absolutely not. Can't get it done. It's not going to get done with, with that scenario. Driven deep to left center field. There it goes. See ya. A monster grand slam for Stanton. And the Yankees lead 6-0. And they would roll on facing their favorite team, the Baltimore Orioles. And Michael Kay with the call on yes. It's Damon Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. So, Gordon, you um, kind of enjoyed that, didn't you? What, what, what were you doing in the office down there in the studio? Did you, did you pump your fist? Did you throw the baseball glove up in the I air? Was, you I, I said finally. You know, I said finally to see the offense kind of bright. Not necessarily one guy in the offense, just for some runs, right? I mean, like it's like every day is like nip and tuck here in the first three games of the season. So to finally be able to, you know, you had the bases loaded for, for Hicks, and he does the only thing he does is which is walk. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's great at picking out a walk. So uh, he got a walk. And uh, that got the second run home. I'm saying, all right, just get, just get me one. Just, get, just make it 3 nothing against the Orioles, and we should be home free. But uh, to get the home run like that, and that was, wow. It was measured, I think, at 477 or 475 or something like that. That was every bit of 475. That was a part of the, the, the stadium. You don't see balls generally hit. At, at least, you know, it's either Judge or Stanton that's doing it. That's right. And here's what uh, Giancarlo had to say after the game. 
Giancarlo, when you step to the plate with the bases loaded in the fifth, do you have home run on your mind? Uh, no, I, uh, I think with bases loaded, it's just uh, get the barrel to it and uh, good things will happen. Um, the, it's, it's more simplified when, um, when you got bases loaded instead of trying to get, all, get them all in at once. You absolutely crushed that baseball. Can you just describe what it feels like to blast a baseball 471 feet? Uh, it's nice. It's nice. You got you to watch it for a second, you know, um, make sure it's get, it gets over the fence and, uh, and come um, hang with the boys after at home base. The offense got off to a little bit of a slow start in the first series. Is this more of what you anticipated when it comes to the Yankees offense? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, uh, it takes, takes a while to get a groove going sometimes. So, um, yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. And what have you thought of the pitching, not only tonight, but really to start the season? Amazing. It's what we need, especially if uh, we're not on all, cil uh, all cylinders on offense. Um, you know, uh, the pitching staff's coming up with huge for us. All right, that's Giancarlo Stanton with Meredith Morakovich on Yes. And, and Gordon, on the other side, the Mets, so we'll get to the calls in a second, were, uh, you know, this was their opening day. They had their ace on the mound, and Jacob deGrom, he was phenomenal, pitching a shutout. He goes seven innings, I mean, which is a lot. <laughs> All right, but any, qu any qualms about – what was he, 77 pitches? Yeah, 77 pitches. He said I can't put. I, I can't push it too much more than that. I can't push that. him either. Yeah, no, I don't have and, a problem with that. No, and, and he said, you know, he hadn't pitched in a while. So he was okay with it. So if he's okay – listen, normally pitchers are like, oh, you put me out too. If he's okay with it, I'm okay with it because that meant he was ready to come out. Trevor May and, and the parade of folks who were coming in is supposed to be a little better with this bullpen. They did not. They give up the, the lead. Philadelphia comes back to win by the score of 5-3. And this is uh, Trevor May's comments afterwards, quoting him. Jake shouldn't have to do everything himself. That's not what teams are. And frankly, Jake did almost everything today. End of quote. Uh, it's one game, Gordon, but it's something that eighth inning – is a microcosm of what it's like to be a Met fan for the past couple of years. It's bad bullpen, it's errors, it's mistakes, giving teams extra bats. It's it's what has to change. And if they're not hitting, this is going to be an issue that's going to keep them from being as good as they could be. I, we, we brought it up before the season, right? That The Mets cost themselves more through defense and base running than basically any team in the sport over the last few years. And uh, you don't want one of the issues that you're thinking about coming into the season to be an issue on opening day. But the defense, that throwing error, uh, that was a big play. Because that allowed two runs to score there, allowed the, the inning to keep going. And, you know, after making all these changes that you thought, right, some, some added guys in the bullpen, the defense is going to be better with Lindor in there. But uh, it's a very... Uh, it's a disappointing way to wait a week to get opening day underway, to have Jacob deGrom go out there and be Jacob deGrom, only to see the same thing over. I mean, how many times? I had a stat earlier. I got to find it. I think his ERA is something like 2.4, and he's got a losing record in those starts or something ridiculous like that. I know. It's crazy. It really is. Jan to Yonkers. Hey, Jan, you're next on 98.7. Hi, guys. How you doing? All right, hey, Jan, what's, what's up? Can you can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, we got you. Yes, uh, the Knicks are a mission impossible. <laughs> okay, um, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just losing my mind about this team. First of all, I was looking at the stats at the post game show. I saw that the Nets had 26 fast break points to the Knicks two. Okay. Well, the Knicks don't and, run. The, they don't uh, run. They're not they a team had, that pushes the ball let anyway. Me see, Oh, 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 Derek Rose had 15 points in the first half, one point in the second. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's point number two. Also, I thought that Burke or Bullock should have taken the three towards the end of the game, not Julius Randle. And I don't know what to tell you at this point, but it looks like this Knicks team is going to fall down to 10th place and be in the play-in and not in the play-round. Uh, your thoughts, and thank you for taking my call, guys. But the play-in was always probably going to be the direction. And, and again, they'll, they'll have to keep falling. And Now, look, they have a very difficult schedule. Maybe they do end up being part of the play-in and having a quick exit. But the play-in was always the more likely. You know, our dreams of the five or the six seed were always kind of pipe dreams, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. 
That's right. The Knicks are not the fifth or sixth best team in the Eastern Conference. No. Now, no. look, th- th- there's a lot of teams that are in the mix there, right? I think they're as good as the Hornets, and, you know, there's some other teams there that they're kind of, I think, can hold their own against. But it was always good. The, 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 the window of opportunity to get a fifth or a sixth seed for the Knicks was always going to be very, very narrow. Definitely was. And listen, they can still pick up some wins and play better. It's easy to get frustrated with them because of what you see. And, yes, they're missing games. And when you look ahead at the schedule and you know what's coming, you you look back and you're like, no, you can't afford to lose games like tonight when you have that scenario where James Harden does starts but can't finish. And it's just Kyrie Irving going on and on and on. And, and is, uh, as uh, at uh, D. Parco sent me, and sent us, Gordon, on Twitter. Kyrie with a 40-point explosion, close out a thrilling two-point win, sweep the season series over the Knicks. You have to, when you're when you're that close, I know it's a road game. I get it. I know that they still have, you know, they're even with Kyrie Irving is better than your player. I get it. But you had a lead, and all you had to do, despite all the stuff we're talking about, despite the fact that Julius Randle wasn't hitting, despite the fact that they were standing around watching, Gordon, the game is tied. Mm-hmm. And you've got a chance to win it at the end with all that stuff, with all that. You had a chance to win, and you blew it. Yep, you blew there's it. No, and you know what? Maybe you might feel a little bit better about tonight if Minnesota didn't happen. Exactly. Like if you were able to win that game, which you absolutely – that should not even have been a question that game. Mm-hmm. But when you lose that and it kind of allows the, the, the snowball to start rolling. Now, I don't think it's going to – I don't think that they're going to start, you know, really falling down and and moving down the standings as dramatically as some people will portray it as, but they have to start picking up some wins. There's no question about it. And this was a, this was one tonight where you could have gotten one that you didn't think you were going to get. And that would have kind of offset the one that you should have had and you didn't get. This is ESPN New York tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.